Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! I guess you're gone. You've been lost. No, I'm here. Oh, I didn't hear any haze from you. I did so many haze and wah, I did a lot of hardcore squeal- squeals. Did you really? <laughs> I did. I, I heard it. none I of it. it. Well, none of it. Well. Well. All right. Well, well, this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we take whatever band or artist we're doing and we listen to all of their records and rank them so that you do not have to because... I can tell you right now, you're not going to want to rank all 14 Chumbawamba records like we did. Uh, so while you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, give us five stars. Go to all the social media is at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server if you want to join that. Uh, hit us up. We'll send you the link. We, and we have a phone number you can call. Leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text. The phone number is 503-893-5307. And if you didn't already know, my name is Tyler. And way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. So, Jeff. Let's uh, actually let's get into our six degrees with Tom DeLonge. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know what this segment is, this is where we connect whatever band or artist we're doing to Tom DeLonge in six degrees or less. <sighs> the intro is done. A lot of talking. So do you have anything? Yeah, a lot of a lot of pod talking. But I got through it. I got through it okay. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, so I've better. It was fine. Uh, I have too. So do you have anything for the six degrees? I do. Oof. What do you got? I, I wanted to do two. I wanted to do one for each of the only members that have been there since day one to when they stopped. And it's just Boff okay. and then the other girl. I forgot her name. Uh, Lou or yeah. yep. Alice? Boff and Lou. Boff and Lou. Boff and Those Lou. are the only two Boff members that have been there from day one to day ending thing. <laughs> but it was fucking hard. Because they haven't done like anything, and god damn, it was actually really difficult. And so I only did one because it took me a solid like twenty five minutes. <laughs> so long. I know it was tough. So, <laughs> Boff, Boff, uh, both both of these nuts. So Boff, who is the guitarist, was a fan of Fell Running, which uh-huh. is is uh, I, I googled Fell Running. And it's just you, you're you're running up and down hills and shit in England like that's what people do. I don't know. Oh, is that the thing where where they like tumble down the hill? No, that's that, you know what I'm talking about though. Yeah, that's really fun. That's funny to watch. <laughs> Fell running is is just like running up and down hills and shit. What? That's it. Yeah, that's it. But anyway, okay. Bob was was a big fan of fell running and even wrote a song about famed fell runner Bill Smith. Bill Smith was friends with another fell runner named Ron Hill. Already boring as fuck already, but that gets <laughs> a little know. bit interesting. So Ron Hill... <laughs> Guy with the name the, Hill as well. Yeah. Ron Hill was the first Brit to win the Boston Marathon in 1970. He, he even broke the record, the previous record, by like several minutes. So that's kind of cool. So yeah. Ron Hill to yeah. the Boston Marathon. And the Boston Marathon had a song written about the bombing that happened in 2000. 14, 13? Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was 14, yeah. 
the Boston Marion had a song written about the bombing by the Dropkick Murphys and then the boss, Bruce Springsteen. They both wrote a song about the about the bombing. Um, the boss on one of his later albums had Josh Freeze playing drums and Josh Freeze played mm. at that Warped Tour show for Blink because Travis was MIA. Yeah, and, you're uh, right. There we go. Yeah, that was I, I see that was it was honestly that was tough. It was tough. <laughs> it was tough. Okay, so mine is uh mine is very very different from yours. I decided to go a more obscure way. I thought it was a little bit fun. So uh so we start with the song by Chumbawamba called Amnesia. This is one of the songs off of uh Tub Thumper. And the song uh samples <clears throat> samples a uh, part of a movie called rising damp and in that sample a, an actor named richard beckinsale is is speaking he's in the song in that sample richard beckinsale's daughter kate beckinsale who we all know from underworld and so and other movies uh she briefly dated pete davidson actor or comedian pete davidson kate beckinsale pete davidson did? yeah she did like two years ago wow super weird i know because she's beautiful and he's, uh, he's know, Pete Davidson. I don't know. He, he, he's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What the fuck do I know? Uh, but I mean, it's Kate Beckinsale and she's and anyway. She's Pete Davidson, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Pete Davidson is currently dating Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian's sister is Kourtney Kardashian, who is currently married to Travis Barker. And Travis Barker has played in the band Boxcar Racer with Tom DeLonge. So there you Damn. go. That's my connection. Perfect. That, Great stuff. That was that was a connection. Yeah, <laughs> it was, we got. It that. was a very stupid connection, very Daily Mail kind of connection. But uh, well, I mean, I mine got was there. about fucking people running up and down hills, <laughs> which I guess is a That's, big thing. Like it's a big sport. If you can call running a sport, but yeah, it's a big. It's a big thing. Well, I don't it's know. a sport if you're if it's if you're racing somebody. I don't. I don't consider running a sport. No. It's a that's, competitive sport. Yeah, stupid. it is. It's silly. No. In order to be a sport, you have to have at least have some type of like offense and defense. That's dumb. No. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that's all I got for... That's all we have for a Six Degrees with Tom DeLong. Let's just jump right into our album rankings. Uh, like I said, if you don't already know, we're doing Chumbawamba. We're going to be ranking 14 of their... their All 14 of their records. So you guys don't have to do it. We did the... We did the um, the uh what is it what am i trying to say the legwork here for for everyone Mm -hmm. so while we're doing this we're also going to give our biggest banger from each of them if we even have a banger so let's start with you jeff what is your number 14 what is the worst chumbawamba record go chumbawamba i didn't think any of these were like terrible to be honest like I, I, i at worst i just didn't remember what the fuck i listened to and that's the boy bands have won their 13th album 2008 it was. I okay. did not remember a goddamn thing from this one, at all. And <laughs> it was. It was bizarre. But like, I don't. Maybe I was just burnt out by this time because a lot of these later ones are just. It's like one fucking album. But I yeah. didn't think it was like terrible. Yeah. But the actual title of this one apparently is like the longest album title ever. Even I holds know. like the Guinness record for that. <laughs> and if you read the album title itself, it's actually kind of. It's, it's kind of cool. It, it, I agree with the sentiment that it's that it's saying, and it goes along the lines of of Chumbawamba's long stance of kind of like a fuck you attitude. And essentially, the worst 
what, what, it, what it kind of says, what I think it says, is like the worst thing you can do to music and culture in general is to not change it. To like staunchly preserve something and mimic it is like detrimental to its growth. Like things need to change to make them better. And I like that. Yeah, I do too. I dig that. I do too. I like I like how they I like how they did that as well. But yeah. I would never listen to this ever again. And I don't I honestly like you could put a gun to my head and I have no idea. I couldn't even name a fucking song on this album. Okay. I don't even know what it, I don't even know what the sound was. I'm just assuming that it's it's another one of their vocal harm folky outputs. Ooh, so you don't like the the folky stuff? Oh, oh, easy tiger. Oof. Okay, so that so we're gonna get through some of these pretty quick because some of them are either trash or they just sound like uh, other albums. So uh, my number fourteen is uh, English Rebel Songs, thirteen eighty one to nineteen fourteen. <laughs> so this is their third this album. This is their third album from nineteen eighty eight. I have no banger. Uh, it's just a bunch of old uh, folk songs. Mostly acapella, and uh, and I just don't like this kind of stuff. I don't like this style. I, it just it's it's uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't even want to. This is like Renaissance Fair shit. I don't <laughs> care about the Renaissance Fair that much. And I just I really did not like this. I almost didn't finish it. I really. This is the only record I almost didn't finish because I was so I was so irritated by it. So yeah, English Rebel songs, fucking stupid. It's dumb. So that's my fourteen. Yep. What do you got for thirteen? Uh, a sing song and a scrap. Sing song and a scrap. Sing song. The twelfth album, two thousand five. This is another one in their in their teens, essentially, right? Twelve, thirteen, fourteen. All these albums. I don't know. The folky stuff is fine here. I didn't enjoy this one because it was just more like folk pop inspired, and these all these songs were just kind of poppy. There's no hint of like any kind of aggression or their anarchy punk roots aside mm-hmm. from like subject material, which I still respect because my God, like they, their consistency is just unmatched. Um, <laughs> but there's a song called Bella Chow that I really love. And I think it's a fucking cool song. And there's been some incredible covers of this. I've heard like acapella versions of Bella Chow. I've heard some like hardcore punk covers of heart Bella Chow, but this, their version, their cover of it's like one of the worst I've ever heard. And it was terrible. <laughs> Extremely <it>. disappointing. <laughs> oh shit! Okay. So Same my uh, so my number thirteen. Well, let, let's just say this because because I actually ended up listening to the soundtrack. So I I listened to fifteen Chumbawamba records, and uh, this is where I'd put the soundtrack. Oh wow! The soundtrack isn't bad. It came out in two thousand three. It's for a movie called Revenge Revenge's Tragedy or something like that. And uh, it's it's really just a score. It's just music, and like it's described, it's a lot of ambient stuff because it is a music score. It's not really bad. It's just there's no point in listening to it unless you, I think, unless you really love the movie or a weirdo and really love music scores, like Sloan. Like Sloan, um, yeah. He would probably get this on vinyl, but um, but yeah, no, this 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 is where re- the soundtrack would be. But anyway. Uh, my number, my actual number thirteen is uh their last record, is their last record? Yeah, their last record, A B C D E F G, fifteenth album, uh no or fourteenth album I should say, out uh in twenty twenty ten right before they broke up. This is um part of the the group of music that was just really boring folk music. This is when they were 
a five-piece band. This is when they put out their worst music. So I have no banger off this one. It's completely forgettable. It's not that I wanted to turn it off, but I just couldn't wait till it finished because I was just fucking bored. Yeah. Just super fucking bored. So, yeah, that's my number 13. And honestly, some of these can be interchangeable because I really can't tell you the difference between them all. So what do you got for 12? The same album, ABCDFG. This is um okay. I thought there's some heavy, heavy like big band swing tones here, and like half of it. But the other half was just like traditional folk music, like Celtic Renaissance folk type music. Yeah, Strong yeah. harms, melodies, but like replayability. I don't know. There's, there was just no contrast here. Um, there's a song called "Singing Out the Days." It was essentially a pirate shanty. I liked it a lot, <laughs> but you know, it's a pirate Why? shanty. They all sound the same. Yeah, they're all silly. All Drink silly. up, man, laddies, yo-ho. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, so that was your 12, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, my 12 was the boy bands have won. Their, uh, I guess, their 13th record, right? Yeah. And 2008, uh, I got no banger. I mean, this is just, I couldn't tell the difference between this AB and ABCDFG. It's just soft folk music and forgettable honestly just very forgettable like i said they were a five-piece band they lost all their excitement and they had a lot of guests uh on their records at this time like one of the guys from oysterhead was on i don't remember which record but he was on one of them and uh yeah it was very folk based and boring so that's what i got for my number 12 the boy bands of one so what do you got for 11 my, my bottom three are their last three albums that they did they released and okay it's all like they, they could have condensed all three albums into one EP because at most there's that much material that I would like, but their last three albums were, were, were like the most difficult to get through because I just didn't yeah, care yeah. at all about any of them. All right. So then what do you got for 11? Swinging with Raymond. Their seventh album, 95. This is a, uh, really? yeah, this so this one, this one was kind of cool though. This was a deliberate attempt at creating like two sides to the album with different feelings. The first half yeah. of this album is essentially pop music with like minor folk stuffs, and the second half is pretty damn good Chumbawamba, like more vocalists and better songs that are just faster and more diverse. But that first half was brutal. That was just, I mean, <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm surprised. I'm really not, surprised. That first half was that first half was rough. Otherwise, this this would be higher. Um, huh. But I don't know. This is it. Like lyrically, this was a cool album. It, they're very aggressive in how they cover topics. Like homosexuality was a very aggressive topic that they were covering on this album. But yeah, yeah. Like, the second half of this was was fucking pretty goddamn good. But that first half puts it at at number eleven. I'm very very surprised. Wow. Okay. All right. So Can't my uh, my my number eleven is a sing song and a scrap. You know the twelfth album from two thousand five. And I got no banger on this one because this is one of that group, that folk music shit that they were putting out. And um, honestly, I have nothing more to say because it's I will never, ever go back to it in my whole life. So. Fucking trash. <laughs> so what do you got for number 10? Uh, Ready Maids, their 10th album. Oh, look at that. 2002, the same year that the uh, Anaheim Angels won the World Series. Um, overall, <sighs> this, this but you album, didn't say the world champions, but that's fine. the world champion and I'm angels. Yeah, um, oh, this this was forgettable. There is uh, the reason why it's higher than the other forgettable albums is because 
it was kind of dancey, it was, it, like Moby like dancey, and yeah, and yeah. it was kind of like cool, and and made me want to go back and listen to Moby again, because I thought like maybe he did make cool music. Because honestly, I've not listened to Moby since like high school. <laughs> I, I actually, honestly, let's be honest, I've not listened to Moby. Since he was gonna get smoked by Obi, that was that was the last <laughs> I was waiting. Time. <laughs> I was waiting for that joke. I was waiting for it. That was the last time I even thought about Moby. <laughs> Ready Made, Ready Made was 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 interesting because of of uh, like the electronic kind of dance atmosphere. It was it was conveying, and I was interested. Didn't like all it. Right. I never listened again. <laughs> I probably I probably give Ready Made like a one, to be honest. If we're, if we're really that low, here. wow, yeah. Shit. Okay. Good. So, so anybody listening, we do have a, a our world famous three point rating system. When so when you hear us throw out ratings, uh, a three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So that's pretty low. Pretty pretty low. Yeah, ready made. I would give a one. Um, my bottom four, I both sub sub one. Like you do not need to listen to these. But like Ready Made, you should at least listen to because it's kind of different from everything else that they've done besides the album of the week. All right. All right. That's fair. All right. So my number 10 is uh, their fourth album, Slap, from 1990. This one uh, I was a little disappointed by because, you know, their earlier stuff was very punk. And this album wasn't like that. And it wasn't like what what I had heard on uh, Tub Thumper. So... To me, this was very '80s pop based. Uh, it reminded parts of it remind, reminded me a lot of the B52s, like kind of the way they sing. Some of the more uh, 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 like melodies reminded me of of them, and yeah, I just I it was hard for me me to get into. And really, the only song I liked on it was "Car Trouble," because of that walking bass line it was so jazzy. It was, it, it was the be- literally the best part of this whole fucking record. I love that. I love that song. I, like that oh, wow. song could be playlistable. Could oh. be playlistable. But yeah, so that's my number ten is Slap, the fourth record. So then, what do you got for nine? Nine is Anarchy. Their sixth album, ninety four. There's some serious like Celtic folk stuffs going into this one. I like this. Yeah. Uh, the pop moments are really good, really catchy. I enjoyed this album. I, I did enjoy this album. The artwork is fucking super aggressive. It shows yeah, it a is. baby being borned straight from the vag. Like, that is... Mm-hmm. If that's not, like, pretty fucking punk rock, then I don't know what it is. And that's... That is, uh... True. Spotify censored it, though. They just made it, a, a like, a painting of some flowers. That's that's the other... That's the <laughs> other uh, album artwork version. Yeah. And this has only been pressed twice on the vinyls because I, I, I was just curious to see how much the original cover would go for and that the, the so the original cover is only been pressed twice both european presses mm-hmm. and they go for about 80 90 dollars that's not as bad as i was i, w- I would think me neither but I, I think just because this is such an obscure band and this is just such an obscure album that people are buying this solely for the cover yeah. the music's solid yeah. i do like the music for this one all right so that's your number nine my uh my number nine wait what was your banger off that one I, I I don't really have bangers yet. You don't have one? Okay. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's it's totally fine. Um, my number nine is Ready Maids. Tenth record, 2002, same year that the world the world champion Anaheim Angels won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? Kind of. Kind of. Okay, whatever. Uh, so Ready Maids, this one, like you said, it's mostly Euro 
dance pop. That's what it is. Like this is they never went this deep into that genre um prior to this or even after this. It's very unique. Uh there's a little bit of folk thrown in there, but overall it's it's a fucking dance record. And uh it was good. I mean, I don't think I would ever go back to it. I think I would give this a 1.5. Yeah, I give this a 1.5. I think everything from here on out is going to be a 1.5 or higher. That's what it is. So, uh my my biggest banger off this one is Home With Me cuz it actually remind the the beat and the song itself reminded me a little bit of the Postal Service. It kind of had that that electronic kind of quietness to it and uh and i thought the melody the vocal melody was really nice in this one as well so yeah ready mates it's my uh it's my number nine so what do you got for number eight not bad uh number eight what you see is what you get w-y-s-i-w-y-g their ninth album 2000 (laughs) um this one's cool Uh, again a lot of dance and kind of europe pop elements here there's also a lot of shouting from the band that that i kind of liked and when they yeah. aren't shouting, everything kind of dies down and is calm. So I like that contrast. There's also some controversy with this album as well. Like apparently one of the of the B-side songs was is essentially just a list of politicians they wish would disappear in a plane crash. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so fucking stupid. <laughs> like that. Oh, that's just I, 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 I love. There's so many parts of this band that I really, really respect and really, really love, but like that, dude, that's just fucking dumb. That is in such bad taste. <laughs> it is really bad taste, yeah. Luckily, it was before <laughs> September 11th, before like saying something like that would land you in jail or some type of yeah, yeah, camp that you're wrapping <clears throat> people up in. But uh, but yeah, this was it was fine. Um, the song, the Health and Happiness Show, and I'm coming out. Uh, Health and mm. Happiness because it starts off with music that would remind you of some type of like 50s game show. Very calm, little jazzy, piano synth focused, you know, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And then I'm coming out because it's really like a red backup vocal harm track. And there's some like cool ska upstrokes in there, which they don't, I don't think they ever did besides that one song. And I liked it. No, they, they do it on some other songs. I liked it. The upstrokes on another album. But okay, so what you see is what you get is your number, number eight. Uh, this is also my number eight. This is oh. what you see is what you get is my number eight. Uh, I like this one. It's it's kind of later on in their career. Uh, they're still kind of dabbling with the the many different genres, which they kind of were known for. I think from in the late eighties to, I'd say like the early 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 two thousands. And uh, yeah, th- this one really jumps all over the place from the sixties pop stuff, like you said. In what it, I'm coming out, I think that's what it was. There's a lot of like 60s pop in there. Uh, there's hip hop thrown in here and there. There's some scratching uh, from the from the turntables. I mean, it's a little bit of punk indie. It's this one really is all over the place, but it doesn't have the same charm as some of their uh, their earlier records did, who were also jo- genre hopping so much. But um, I don't know. This is a solid record. I I, I dug this one surprisingly, mm. and uh, my favorite song is the Health and Happiness Show. Oh, it's uh, it has that lounge kind of samba style to it, and the vibraphone. That's a better, that's a better descriptor. Is lounge because I was thinking like game show, but lounge is definitely lounge, a better yeah. descriptor. Descriptor. L- lounge samba, and it has the vibraphone, which you know, you put a vibraphone in there, I'm instantly hooked. I'm gonna love it. I put love a vibraphone, the vibraphone in the butt, and I'll eat it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that's my number. That's my number eight. His uh, what you see is what you get. 
So what do you got for seven? Go. Shh. Their fifth album from 1992. Shh. That's the name of the album. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> There, there's there's stuff on this album that is that is really unique to their history. Like I, obviously the hip hop stuff is is very unique. Um, I think this is the only time that they really put it like in the forefront, and it wasn't like a a backup idea. And they had MC Fusion, who who's been on several albums, but this is this album is the only time that it, like I said it's been a hip hop track, not a pop track with hip hop elements or a folk track with hip hop elements. This is a hip hop track. And this guy MC Fusion is, is is one half, I guess, of the rap duo uh, Credit to the Nation, which I didn't care to read about the history just because I didn't care. But I did read that the group <laughs> went on a short tour with uh, with with Chumbawamba in these mm-hmm. days, and they called it the Fuck Me Jesus Tour. And oh, my God. <laughs> 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 that's so fucking cool. I love it. Oh, my God. That's so awesome. And there was a there was a good a good uh, amount of poking fun at like organized religion on this album, and and I liked it. But there's also some like really heavy and aggressive kind of like hardcore punk songs in the Chumbawamba style on this album. Mm-hmm. Short bits, but they're there. Um, solid album. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I liked the song "Look No Strings." It had deep harms. It mimicked like the church choir sound, and kind of yeah. sounded like it took oh, a small sample about. from "Heart the Herald Angel Sings." Because they do say like heart the herald <laughs> angels, but it's like in a different yeah. melody and I don't know. It was cool. I like this album. It was all over the place. And I dig that uh that, that fuck me Jesus tour. I I I would buy a shirt in a heartbeat. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. <laughs> all right. So so my number seven is the their twelfth album from two thousand four called Un. I think it's just Un, right? Un Un. Who knows? Who knows? This one is, uh, I was surprised at how much I like this one because it is more, it's like pretty much all acoustic with a little bit of folk in there. And I don't know. I think I like the kind of ethereal sounding, I guess, vibe. Oh, I hate the word vibe, but style. Vibe is, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's what I liked about it. And there's some really cool synth and kind of soundscapes in there. And uh, I really, I, I liked this album. It was, it was solid and I was very surprised. And, my my biggest banger off this one is uh, "Be with You," um, because of those reasons. I think that is like the most, the most ethereal, the most kind of like pretty sounding song on the record, and I thought it was quite quite a banger, quite the banger. So, yeah, this one surprised me. I really really didn't think it would be this high up in my list, but there you go. Un, my number seven. Nice. So what do you got for six? That's my number six, baby. Un. All right. In UN, <laughs> Why I don't know. It's a, it gets, like you said, it's, it is, it's a little more melancholy, musically speaking. And there's some, there's some bluegrass here. There's some notes of bluegrass. But overall, the music is first and the harms are secondary. Mm-hmm. And they have really good harms. Like they really do, they've really mastered that aspect of singing where they can just barbershop quartet. But sometimes it's like, come on, man. I don't want another fucking album of that. Take a step back. <laughs> and this album, they took a step back. And mm-hmm. that's what made for a strong album. I really like the song, Everything You Know Is Wrong. It's about like this whole misinformation thing. Um, but it's got a solid like swinging melody. And this was the most bluegrass song on the album. And it was extremely fun. And I loved it. And when you dumb down like bluegrass like this, 
and kind of strip it down to like its most basic form, you're getting a, a sort of, of like innocent type of delivery where, mm-hmm. where I, I don't know, it, it's, it's automatically just endearing because it's, it's very similar to like why people love Neil Young. It's just two different things, a man and his guitar playing together. You get bluegrass, it's very, very dumbed down. So automatically you are now, you are now, you're now captivated. You're listening. The audience is listening. I liked it. It's true. I I probably. It's a good, I, it's a good I, description I, of it. I'd probably buy it on the vinyls. I probably would. Really? Yeah, wow. I, we, I think we're starting to get into the point where we're buying things on the vinyls. Okay. See, I'm not. A, I'm not at the vinyl point yet. Not quite yet. But I would get, get a get few there? of these records on. Oh, oh baby. Yeah. There, there are a few records I'll get on vinyl. Yeah. Oh, baby. Or I would like to get, but I, 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 I actually didn't. I didn't look up anything yet to see how much it, the cost would be for any of them. But I was gonna add stuff to my want list, but then I was afraid that you were gonna look at my like recently <laughs> added want list and then figure out my rankings from that. Because so, you know I would. You so know I held I off. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always have my Discogs page open on my dashboard always. Discogs yeah. on my on my computer. So yeah, I, I always see when you update. So <laughs> that's so good. So I I, I, I always kind of know. When what you're gonna talk about on the next episode of the podcast? Because you'll add it to your collection. So I'm like, okay, that's what he's, he's gonna talk about that this time around. And it always happens like if I'm drinking or if I'm out with somebody and they say, oh, remember this band? Like, oh fuck yeah, I remember that band. And then I'll write in my little <laughs> notes on my phone, and then I'll write just the band name, and then like I'll go into it a little bit, and be like, oh yeah, I do like that album. That was a good album. And then I'll add to my discogs, and then I'll add it to the list of bands that we want to do. <laughs> I do I do the same thing. Oh shit! All right, so that was your number six, un, un, yeah, untis, un, 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 un. Uh, so my number six is "Swingin' with Raymond," seventh record from 1995. Wow. This is, uh, I mean, we, we talked about this briefly. I mean, you did at least, and yeah, the first half of the record is is pretty much Lou Watts and her singing over an acoustic guitar, a little bit more folky, but I liked it. I thought I thought it was really good and. It was kind of a nice break from everything we had kind of heard prior. And then the second half hits, and that second half is fucking good. It's really good. And th- this album actually reminded me a lot of the um, the Black Flag record, Family Man, where the first half is just Henry Rollins, you know, spoken word stuff, and then the second half is just like chaotic jazz punk music. That's kind of what this reminded me of was that Black Flag record, and I kind of I, I kind of wonder if it was maybe influenced by it, because the it's so wildly different genre wise. But uh, no, this I is I like this record a lot. I thought it was solid. So yeah, I, I don't have a banger off this one, um, but dude, it's fucking good. It's really okay. good. So what do you got okay. for number five? Finally, number five, English Rebel <laughs> We're songs. In the top this is the one uh, that you fucking why? hated. This why, is their third. Why, this is 1988. Why? This is just a collection of poems and songs written at various points in history, mostly surrounding like protests and and fuck you to authority. And and they recorded it once early in their career, then re-recorded it in 2003 when they've gotten better at like singing. And yeah. I mean, this is this is what you said. It's just what you think. It's it's this is this is acapella, acapella protest trash. stuff. But it's absolutely magnificent. I love this. It reminds me of why I like this folk stuff so much. Because it's mm-hmm. very much a precursor to all modern rock and hip-hop's version of Fuck the Police. 
Like, this is it. Like, these <laughs> protest songs of, of dating back to, you know, 1200, 1500, like, Renaissance era protest songs. Like, this mm. is this is how people fucked the police. And, and for them to just read poems and kind of, like, church them up a little bit, but still keep, like, the intent true. I love that. And I love, I love, I just love folk music. And this was very much reminding me of, of why I just like very good kind of like spoken word folk poetry things like this and i absolutely love this and i for sure would get this on the vinyls <laughs> did, did they have they ever pressed it i didn't look i told you i didn't uh, do I, I i only looked at anarchy and then as i was doing it, i was like oh, i probably shouldn't add this because then he's gonna see it so then i stopped looking <laughs> i love it Most i love it <laughs> All right then. Uh so what are we on? That was her was her was your er. five. Let's see here. All right. Which was I can't believe that's it was that high. That it, it's silly. You should um, have known that like as you're listening to that, you're probably like, Okay, Jeff's gonna like this because well, it's yeah. fucking terrible. And I knew just... you would like it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally knew you would like it, but I didn't think you'd put it that high. But I Number knew five, you'd have baby. a lot of nice things nice things to say oh, about yeah. it. It's great. Like every poem, like I mean, that that would have been a cool one to do in itself because every single poem, wow. if you click on like the Wikipedia article, we're talking just a massive thing of just what that is about, what protest that is about, what rebellion that is about, what what picket line that was taken from, who wrote it, when do they write it, why do they write it, like oh, it was, it was unreal. Yeah, that part would have been cool. I mean, honestly, that's the only thing I would want to talk about. I would never want to listen to those songs. I mean, I wouldn't even want to play them on the pod. Terrible. That's how annoyed I'd be. But um, but anyway, number five for me is uh, Shh, Fifth Record from 1992. This one is, uh, this is the, the first time that they kind of dabbled in all these different genres. I mean, uh, there's a lot of cool funk stuff. Uh, it's a little bit less punk, but... They, they they do jump around a lot, and I like it. It's not as good as some of the other records they put out, which I'm not going to talk about yet because I don't want to spoil what's coming up next. But, um, yeah, this is this is a good attempt at branching, like properly branching out and experimenting, and I think it's solid. This is a, This is a solid record, and I think this is one of the records that's not on Spotify, if I'm... Oh, yeah. I remember There's correctly. A fucking handful of these dumb. I think there was like five Spotify, five records that weren't on Spotify, which is stupid because a lot of those are my top, you know, bangers. But uh, my 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 biggest banger off this album is uh, "Snip Snip Snip." This is a straight up funk song. Like that that guitar that guitar funk guitar line is front and center. It leads the song all pretty much all the way through. It's a fast. It's probably one of the faster songs they've ever done. It's just it's really exciting and it's pretty damn catchy. On top of it, this is a fucking solid song. And if it was on Spotify, it would for sure be playlisted. It's a great fucking song. Wow. So, yeah, shh is my uh, my uh, number my number five. So what do you got for number four? Uh, Pictures of starving children sell records. Their first album, their debut. 1986 right. and hmm. um this was i mean this is the first thing that that i listened to after after tub thumper and i was just kind of like what the fuck there's so much 
folk embedded in this. They storytell mm-hmm. very well, and these songs form a, a sort of like long form story as a whole. But the individual songs stand on their own just as fine. It's it's pretty fucking good. It's a pretty goddamn good like debut album. Dutiful yeah. servants and political masters. That was my favorite. Great baseline, and the song like builds to this screaming battle between like the guy and the girl singer, and it's 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 unreal. It is absolutely fucking good. Yeah, uh, so w- w- my, my top five for sure. I would I would buy in the vinyls. Okay, I'm not quite there on the vinyls, but um, yeah. So that was your number four, right? Number four. Uh, wait, what was your what was your banger off this one then? Dutiful servants and political masters. Okay. Did you say that? I did. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. Don't be sorry. Just listen. <clears throat> you know you know me. I, I just hear. I don't listen. Y'all know me. Still the same OG. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number four is uh, Anarchy. Anarchy Burger. Uh, this is their sixth record from 1994. And uh, this, is, this is them genre hopping at their best. This is one of the most eclectic records I feel that they've they've ever put out, even more so than Tub Tub Thumper. And uh dude, there's just a lot going on, man. The 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 from reggae to techno to folk to some ethereal pop to hip hop sometimes. It's damn dude, it's it's a crazy record and most of the vocals are are either Lou Watts or Alice, but I don't wait, was Alice in the band at the time? I'm not sure if she was. But yeah, it's mostly mostly the the female vocal, the woman, the women singing. But uh, which is kind of unusual because prior to this, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty much a mixed bag. It was pretty fifty fifty split down the middle. But uh, yeah, Anarchy is it's it's fucking great. There's my my favorite song is I think it's the first song, the Anarchist or give the Anarchist a, a cigarette because this has a lot of reggae. And you were talking about like the upstrokes and everything. This song has the upstrokes. The first song on the record is the upstrokes, so yeah, it, it, this is a killer record. I would get this on vinyl. I would get wow. this on vinyl. This is your this yeah. is your four. My four B. I would get. Isn't that crazy? I would get four records. You would four get of these four records. Chumbawamba records on the vinyl. I would give. I never thought in a million years I would ever say I would get any Chumbawamba yeah. on the vinyl. But yeah, I know this is where this is where I would start getting them on on, on wax, as some people would say. But and also, you know, naming the record Anarchy makes really kind of goes along with the sound of this record because it is all over the place. It's anarchy. It's it's fucking everything that shouldn't belong together, but it it still works somehow. It's chaos. I love it. I, I think I like this record's that. awesome. Yeah, I like this record a lot. So, uh, so yeah, that's my four. So, what do you got for number three? Uh, the album of the week, Tub Thumper. Tub Thumper. Tub Thumpins. So that's Tub also thumps. my number three. So right. let's uh, let's get into your number two. Number uh, number two is Never Mind the Ballots. Never what Mind the, the, the Ballots. is your number one? One that you what hated. You know? Wait, Never Mind one? the Ballots. This is their second album. Okay, the yeah, year yeah. we were born did. This one was fucking yep. crazy good. Like great musicianship and writing. They took their first album and just amped it up. There's even some like really aggressive songs here that are fast and punchy. Overall, it was like the bass for me that stood out. Just oh, constantly yeah. doing shit, going up and down the fretboard, sounding so squirrely. 
and it was I, I just thought like wow you guys got so much better from your debut album because this is essentially like their debut album on like crack like they took a bunch of fucking <laughs> crack pills or something and made a better debut album this was this was unbelievable uh but the last the last song here's to the rest of your life it's 12 minutes long it's just this bizarre circus punchy bass line goofy piano a lot of yelling some blown out trumpet sounds it's just good stuff man it was just really 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 good stuff and i love this album could not believe it so this is also my number two never mind the ballads like you said 1987 the year we were born and i i agree with most of what you say but i feel like this album overall is a little less little less punk driven than their first record uh this is to me this is just an extension of that first record. This is fucking good. And I I also agree with you on the bass playing. Her name is Mavis Dillon and she played on I think the first 3 or 4 records, but she wasn't on Tub Thumper. She had left Yeah, she left after the fourth record. Um but damn dude, her she's fucking good. I think she played trumpet as well. But yeah, dude, her bass playing on the the first two records are She's never. I was stops. blown away. Yeah, she doesn't fucking stop, and they're so squirrely. It's, I was blown away by her. I mean, she was the the highlight of both of these records for me, and I would absolutely give this on vinyl, like without a doubt. It's fucking, it's killer, and yeah, I don't know. I I my favorite song is Amen. It's the shortest song. I think it's like two minutes and like twenty seconds or something like that. It's the fastest song. And once again, Mavis fucking rips it fucking up on bass. It's 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 a beyond banger. Honestly, that song is a beyond banger. And I can't I can't play this because this album's not on fucking Spotify. I know it's so annoying. Yeah, it's fucking dumb. It makes no sense why the first record's on there, but then the next three or four, three or four are not. Hmm. What the fuck is going on? It's fucking yeah. stupid. But yeah, it's my number shit two. Together. So what do you got for number one? Slap, dude. Slap. 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 Yeah, their fourth album. You did not <laughs> like this one. No. It's so this, 80s. This one uh, this one slapped hard, as the kids would say. Uh, uh, just kidding. Dumb. Uh, this, yeah, this is for sure a more pop or, or, or upbeat approach to what they'll, they'll, they'll eventually double down on and then abandon. But um, these songs, these songs are fantastic. They have subtle Euro pop influence in like the way they develop and the way they drop, but they aren't quite dance songs. They are, sure they are heavy, like because even like the, the piano stuffs like hit harder than you would expect them to. There's heavy parts of this album, and it's I don't know, it's just it's easily digestible, sort of like dance with their anarcho punk sound. And it makes the listener mm. ponder some serious issues while also just like kind of like being knee deep in the shit and not realizing that, wow, these are really fucking good songs until you're, you know, three songs deep and you are just kind of like, wow, I, I am 100% focused. I am 100% on board with this. It's good. But uh, Tiananmen Square. <laughs> This is a perfect example of the blend of dance, anarcho-punk, with socially woke subject material. Everything about this song was was fantastic, and the difference between this one and like their 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 last three albums is, you know, three, four, five songs deep in their last three albums. I realized that I had no idea what was going on, mm-hmm. and it, it could have just I could have been listening to the radio at that point. But with this one, 
like three, four songs deep. I was already like, damn, there's already been three songs that I remember the choruses to. There's already been three songs that I remember like the the time signatures to, that I remember whatever key they were in, the, the lyrics, what they were talking about. I could pick up on the nuance of it. Like that's just that's just how good I thought Slap was. Yeah. I think also you're you've you've been a little bit blinded by all this eighties music recently, like from the wedding the not wedding crashers, wedding singer soundtrack. <laughs> like you're you're like in a full eighties mood right now. It's possible. It's that's possible. why it's as high as it is, because this is there's a lot of straight up eighties pop here. Eighties you'll you'll, you'll, you'll move worst on. Worst decades in music history, for sure. Oh yeah, but that's yeah. not to say there wasn't like some beyond bangers that came out of the eighties. That's just silly boy talk. And yeah, all there's of some the, good stuff. All of the beyond bangers that came out of the eighties in like the pop realm are on the Wedding Singer soundtrack. I'm just gonna say it. If it's on the Wedding Singer soundtrack, it is not a beyond banger. Okay, then let's. Uh, you got anything else about about that about slap? No, get into your uh, pictures of starving children. Sell records. Yeah, that's my that's my number one. 1986, baby, 1986. This album is pretty punk. I was very, very surprised by uh, by this. I mean, it's not like, you know, hardcore punk or anything like that. It's just, I, I couldn't think of another band to kind of compare them to, but it was punk music. And I like, like, like you, I really like the storytelling. I thought it was really captivating and interesting. There weren't a lot of like harmonies or like, like super strong melodies or anything like that. But it was it was a lot of fun listening to this record, and I was really kind of blown away by it. I, I thought it, I thought it was really great, and my favorite song is as Unilever because it's a fast song, and once again the bass playing fucking kills me. It she's great, she's fucking great, and I, there's like nothing written about this girl. After Chumbawamba, there's there's nothing. I really couldn't find anything about her. So yeah, it sucks because she fucking killed it. So, I don't know. I, I don't have much more to say. I mean, I think this is an album that you have to, you really have to listen to and listen to the lyrics and just kind of enjoy the ride. You know, they, they have a they have a lot to say, and in this record, it's almost like done in a spoken word way. So it's a lot easier to follow. They're not trying to like be ambiguous about anything. Everything is super straightforward, and it's just kind of refreshing to hear that because some of the shit on Tub Thumper is just like, dude. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and I have to go by like what other people have said about the song because yeah. I just don't see it. Just gibberish. Yeah, but this 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 album is to the point, and I totally dig it. So, yeah, it's my number one. Pictures of starving children sell records. Wow. We yeah. did it. We fucking did it. We listened to all yeah, yeah, of the Chumbawamba records. That's nuts. Oh, That's dude. fucking crazy. Yeah, I can't believe it. But but we'll talk about it more. Um, on the main episode, because if you don't already know, we're going to do their record, uh, Tub Thumper. So that should be cool. So listen to that. Thanks for listening to this. You know what to do. I'm not going to do the stupid outro. So that's it. You love the stupid outro. Not your really. part. No. Not when we do this. Not when we do this. Now with the old.